You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake, joined as always by Gabby Urrutia. And we're just going to jump right into it, Gabby. Everyone knows by now, this month of June is a busy, busy time when it comes to recruiting. So we got a lot to touch on. Uh, I think we're going to start in the first half of the show here with the official visit weekend, kind of break down what everyone needs to know. The buzz coming out of Uh, the most recent weekend here where Miami hosted 12 prospects and we'll take a break. And on the second half, we'll get into uh, kind of just other recruiting notes. Fans need to know uh, some of our insights from the camp Miami had on Sunday, seven on seven team camp and a big man camp. So Gabby, let's just get into it. Um, You had it all covered wall to wall once again over the weekend And I want to start with uh, one of your updates here. You posted to the Through the Smoke message board on InsideTheU.com regarding kind of, you kind of took our readers on the message board behind the scenes in in terms of the presentations that are given when they are, uh, you know, going through their official visit. And Friday, it's kind of a lot of, uh, team talk and, and academic talk. Uh, but I, I, one of the notes you provided that I want to get more into is when Miami had a panel, I guess, of three players, three important players going into this year, speak to the team, kind of tell them why, or speak to the recruits, sorry, tell them why Miami has been a good fit for them. Um, and I'll just let you take it from here. You can go wherever you want to go with it and, and highlight whoever you want to highlight with this part. Yeah. I mean, I thought that this was a really cool feature that, you know, Miami kind of included into their official visit weekend. Uh, I thought it was a good opportunity. I think it's a good opportunity for, you know, the parents and the, the players to, you know, just kind of get a, a feel of what the program's like, you know, from the players and, you know, Miami does have a group of guys that they feel good to represent their program. So they sent out Derek King, uh, they sent out Mike Harley and they sent out Tyreek Stevenson. And, you know, each one of those guys brings something sort of unique into, you know, their perspective of Miami. Uh, Mike Harley, obviously, you know, now a five-year guy at UM. So, you know, word coming out of that was just like, you know, Mike Harley was just like showing his leadership and basically, you know, how he's grown throughout his career at Miami, uh, which is always a good thing. Uh, Cause you know, you're hoping that these guys are going to be sticking around for, you know, three, four years. And if they redshirt potentially longer, uh, De'Ara King just kind of talked about what what his deal was again, just obviously again, the leadership and, you know, him just being the leader of the program. I think it was a big deal that, you know, Miami got him to kind of be a part of the official visit weekend in any way that he can as an older guy that's, you know, not going to host anybody, but, you know, again, with Derek, you know, the, the recruits got to see again, just the, the face of the program. Again, a guy that shows a lot of leadership coming from a, an out of state, like, you know, an out of state guy, a guy that came over from Houston, 
you know, had to kind of make that adjustment to Miami. You know, there were a few out of town guys, multiple uh, out of town guys. So I think it was really cool for uh, just to be able to get that perspective from the King. And, you know, the one that I heard was the most impactful was the Tyreek Stevenson. And, you know, I, I feel like it's pretty easy to see why, but, you know, him being a guy from South Florida that, you know, originally signed with Georgia and, uh, you know, eventually making his way back to Miami and, you know, just Tyreek kind of talking through about talking through, you know, the recruiting process and about how, you know, he felt like, Oh, at the time, like, you know, his mom felt like it was best for him to go to Georgia to get away from some of the stuff down here. But, you know, him just kind of growing into like, you know, an adult and, you know, just becoming a man and him feeling like, you know, Miami really was the place for him, the, the place that he felt like he was probably always meant to be at. And, you know, just kind of having someone that's kind of been through the recruiting process that kind of led him elsewhere. And, you know, the story of him, again, just a really highly touted guy, a guy that probably would have started yeah. at Georgia this year. Uh, you know, didn't leave because he wasn't going to play. Like, that was not the case at all. Just someone that really just felt in his heart that Miami was where he wanted to be. And just to come back home, I think uh, that seemed to have resonated with a lot of the guys and the person that I was kind of speaking to that was on the official visit. So um, I think that was a really, really cool thing that Miami did. And I think I do think that that was the I think I do think that was really impactful, maybe more so for the parents that are really seeing sure. probably the, the maybe the bigger, bigger picture in all this rather than the recruits who, again, are in the recruiting process, are going to enjoy it, are going to take the photos, do all the stuff, go on the visits. But I think if you're a mom or a dad and you heard all that type of stuff, I definitely think that, you know, you feel you feel better about Miami, you know, after hearing all three of those guys kind of speaking, representing the program. Yeah, I love that Manny Diaz is looking to use uh, Tyreek Stevenson as a resource, you know, as an asset in this way, because – you know, one of the things Miami's always going to be battling every cycle is keeping ki- keeping top prospects, uh, you know, from South Florida close to home, right? And, and there is always this narrative that the SEC or, or out-of-area schools push uh, that you know they can develop they can develop these players better than Miami does. And, and so, uh, having a guy like Tyreek Stevenson in the program now that's been on that side been inside the Georgia program, he can tell them, he can tell recruits that, you know, Miami can develop players just as well as all these other SEC schools. And uh, if you want to stay close to home, there's no reason not to essentially. And so, you know, I, am not sure necessarily, I, I mean, that message is going to be always be impactful, but I think moving forward, like when you project forward, I think it, it has a chance to be even more impactful you know, if you get him in front of like a Shamar Stewart or a Nigel Lee Kelly or a Wesley Bassaint, right? Um, because those guys are local and those guys are SEC caliber players. Um, and, and so I, I would expect uh, Manny to, to also have Tyreek speak to those guys down the road if he hasn't already. Um, was there anything else you heard? Gabby behind the scenes in terms of like the operations of the visit or presentations that were made, you know, besides that panel that you think is worth highlighting as well. Um, I'm trying to think of anything specific. I know that there was, I know that there was a chance for the parents to kind of talk to the coaching staff and just ask questions and all that stuff. And uh, I know David, you highlight, you highlighted it a little bit on the, the last podcast about how Isaiah Bond's, uh, parents might have might have had concerns about you know sending his sending their son to Miami you know just kind of given 
I guess maybe some of the, it could be the stereotypes that are surrounding the city, maybe just thinking that, you know, you can just get lost in this big old city. And, uh, you know, I think, for, I mean, from what I understand, uh, Miami did a really good job easing the concerns of them. I, from what I understand, they asked a lot of questions. They asked important questions. Um, you know, they're probably one of the more active, you know, parents in terms of just like really seeking information uh, this weekend. And, you know, what I got back was that Miami answered those questions, uh, you know, as, as, as greatly as they could really like, you know, it was a lot of positive feedback in terms of just how that report kind of went between, uh, you know, the Bond's parents and Miami. So um, I guess that's good news. Uh, I mean, he is committed to Florida. Uh, he is going to take an official visit to Alabama this coming weekend. And, and that's pretty much it. He scratched off the Texas official visit. So I don't think that's happening anymore. So it sounds like he's going to maybe go home after he visits Alabama, who does want him as a DB and kind of maybe reevaluate things and see, see where he goes. Um, you know, I still feel pretty good about Florida and where they kind of stand in all this. Uh, but I guess you never know once they really get a chance to sit down. Cause at one point Miami was considered the leader here. You know, we there was, right. there was crystal balls rolling in in favor of Miami uh, before things kind of tr started trending towards Florida really quickly. It seemed like, so um, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll see what happens there, but I know that there definitely was conversations there that, you know, I think helped Miami uh, with Isaiah Bond's parents. Yeah. And I think Miami, you know, did a good job. Uh, from, from my understanding, you know, like you mentioned, Gabby, they, they presented everything they could in, in, in as good of a manner to Isaiah Bond's camp as possible. I think they impressed Isaiah Bond and his family. Uh, but, but similar to what you're saying, right? I, I'm just not sure it was quite enough to overcome Florida, but you never know, you know, uh, keep taking swings. Recruiting is a, is a crazy deal. And maybe after thinking on it some more, Isaiah has a change of heart. I don't think I get the impression people inside the program kind of feel like that's going to be a tough one, but you know, yeah. they will keep taking swings of course. So, you know, we, we got into Isaiah bond, right. And, and maybe uh, Miami didn't necessarily make a powerful move there in terms of overtaking Florida, who he is committed to. Um, but, but if I was to ask you, Gabby, who would you say, so let's highlight three guys, right? That you feel like, okay, Miami definitely made a strong move here. And, and who knows if they're the team to beat, but they're definitely in top, top contention for these players. Yeah. I mean, I would start off with, I, I think Jaden Gibson, uh, you know, I think uh, everything coming out of the, the visit tells me that Jaden Gibson uh, had a really, really good visit. Uh, I know he got, he really got along with all the players. Uh, so I would definitely put uh, Jaden Gibson in there. I would throw Isaiah Horton, the wide receiver out of Tennessee. Uh, I would throw him in there and I would probably put Leighton Nelson in there too, the offensive lineman out of Orlando Boone. I got really good. Uh, I got pretty good vibes coming off of him. And honestly, along with him, I'd probably throw in Felintha, Felintha Carswell. I know that's not how you say the name, but uh, Felintha Carswell, I think he had a lot of really good things to say about Miami too. So I would probably say those three to four guys uh, Miami did a really good job with. And honestly, I could probably name a few more. Like those spells. are like, just, yeah, spe Jacoby Spells. I feel like, again, Miami made a really strong move with, um, you know, really a lot of these guys, I feel like Caden Helms, I thought had really good things to say too. Uh, you know, I feel like a lot, I feel like, again, there was only a couple guys where I was just like, uh, maybe not like maybe the Miami didn't make the, you know, just kind of didn't do whatever it is. But I think overall the consensus was just like, you know, Miami did a, a just really just have, they're just doing a really good job with these visits. And I feel like I'm kind of like, a, like just like a broken record saying that, but it's like, that's really just the vibes that I'm getting from these guys after talking with them. It's just like, I just feel like Miami's doing a really good job here. So to pick three guys is tough, but I mean, you can really just mix in any 
any of those guys in that group. And I think that, you know, it would be, a, it would be a correct answer. So I'll, I'll agree, uh, um, you know, on all those guys you mentioned, Gabby, uh, some of the things I heard, right. Jaden Gibson, I think Miami was really impressed by his length, you know, yeah, definitely. like everyone knows he's a tall guy. Right. But, but I think, you know, just seeing him in person, maybe he was longer than, than Miami even expected. And I think Miami's trying to sell that with him and his family uh, because the word is, I guess, Jaden wants to, he wants to play right away. Right. And uh, you know, whether that's Miami, Florida or, or wherever else he's looking, he wants to know what is his path to play immediately. And so in that regard, I think Miami's kind of trying to sell, Hey, we don't have a receiver on the roster quite like you with your length. Yeah. Um, and so I think they're trying to sell that point again. You know, we, we mentioned before the visit, Florida is probably the team to beat. I, don't, I, you know, I still think that's the case. I think Miami made a, a big time move uh, there and gave them plenty to think about. Another guy I want to touch on here too is Carswell, the offensive tackle out of Georgia. Uh, you know, Miami really liked his the way he looked, right? His body type, proto, prototypical uh, kind of NFL looking guy, is my understanding. And um, you know, I think he kind of rose up their board. Now they were already high on him, of course, because they brought him in on an official visit. But after like really eyeballing him uh, in person, Miami was even more excited about him. So I think they're going to go even stronger all in on him. And they feel like he could be a starting tackle in future years. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think Jacoby spells, you know, I think Miami feels good about how things are there. They're going to have to keep battling, but, uh, and Isaiah Horton too, the, the Tennessee wide receiver. So I think those are the guys I would highlight, uh, from, from my conversations. Um, I know everyone's going to want to know Gabby real quick. What, what was the vibe you got on bear Alexander, the five-star defensive tackle that took an official visit? Yeah. You know, um, he was in Miami with his dad and his girlfriend. I mean, he told me after, you know, everything that I got to speak with him, um, he told me that they both really loved it over there. I do. Th I, I still feel that Texas A&M is a team to beat, even, you know, yeah. talking with people like, you know, within Miami's program, I think that they feel like that might be the case too. But um, they, I mean, they have built a really good relationship with him. Jess Simpson, uh, you know, Bear Alexander said Jess Simpson has been hitting him up basically since he got the Miami job. So, you know, I think that there was a, just like kind of like a longstanding relationship there in terms of just like what they've kind of been able to do there sort of behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, just getting him on campus, you know, I guess you never know what happens. I guess you got you to gotta bring him in if that's something he's interested in doing. But I feel like the Aggies are in the driver's seat there. And, uh, you know, I'd be pretty surprised to see either, you know, he's going to go see USC this coming weekend and then going to go see Alabama after that. But uh, I feel like the sense is that Texas A&M is probably where he ends up. And last guy I want to touch on here uh, before we get on to the next topic. Cameron Williams, the offensive lineman out of Duncanville, Texas. Uh, you know, we can make this quick, Gabby, but the vibe I got was, you know, Miami's sense was kind of like uh, they weren't so sure how much he really liked the visit, how much he enjoyed it. You know, if he was feeling Miami all that much, that was just kind of their vibe. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that's fair to say. Like, he's one of the guys where I was just kind of like, you know, I really don't know. 
uh, just talking to him. He just seemed kind of like, just kind of seemed just very like, eh, whatever about it. You know, I asked him like, so like, you know, I asked about Texas and Oklahoma because, you know, being a Texas guy, right. it feels like it probably is going to boil down to one of those two schools. But he did, he, he's fresh off, off an Oregon official visit. He told me Oregon would be his leader right now with Oklahoma probably number two. And this was fresh off of a Miami visit. So you would think that like, you know, Miami would have had a chance to make a move. It didn't really feel like they did. He didn't remember who his host was, like who, like what his host name was. So I just feel like it was just one of those things that he just, maybe it was just one of those things that maybe just didn't connect. He didn't, it didn't click maybe the way that, you know, some might've hoped, but I think uh, Miami feels good again, just how they felt about Felinta and all that stuff. I think that, uh, I think that, you know, that kind of makes that easier. The fact that you're going right. to almost definitely miss out on Cameron Williams, but I think they, feel much better about Carswell now. And uh, again, just another really big body, probably in much better shape, uh, uh, you know, definitely leaner of a guy. So, uh, you know, I think that it's probably one of those situations where you just kind of go, okay, like, like, let's just move on. So Jakari Brown, Miami's quarterback commit visited Quan Lee, three-star wide receiver also committed to Miami visited this past weekend. I just want to note too, you know, where it is that Jakari, um, was a good ambassador. I think he's, he's definitely connected. My understanding is he, he connected well with Jaden Gibson and Isaiah Horton. And so I think he's going to definitely be an asset in, in Miami trying to land those guys. So that's good news. Um, before we take a break here, Gabby, and kind of close the book on this official visit weekend recap, um, I want to get your thoughts on this, right? So Miami, hasn't picked up any commitments yet from the first two official visit weekends. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on should, should the fan base be, be concerned? I, I really don't think so. Um, I think they feel good about the progress that they've been able to make with a lot of these guys. And, you know, ultimately, you know, Miami's going after some, some, some big time, ta- like big time targets, you know, guys that have options and, you know, these, again, this is a, this is the first month where guys have been able to take visits I think the plan is for these guys to kind of just go through their visits and all that stuff. So it, it shouldn't be all that surprising that Miami hasn't picked up any verbal commitments or anything like that. Um, I just think you kind of just got to keep reading the tea leaves, just kind of keep seeing like, you know, the vibe that's coming out of these official visits. And, uh, you know, it seems like everything's kind of trending in a positive way right now. Um, obviously that hasn't led to any commitments, which I could, un- that's why I could understand people being like, Hey, what's going on here. It sounds like everything's going so well, but you know, it's not leading to anything. And, I mean, I would just say to stay patient. Uh, I feel like we've kind of always talked about how July could be the month where we see like yeah. a flurry of commitments. Uh, I still feel like that's the case. You know, Jacoby Spells is gonna is gonna announce his commitment his commitment on August first. Um, Isaiah Horton's gonna announce his commitment on July fourth. You know, Miami targets. You know, these guys are gonna set commitment dates and start working towards these things after they finish up all these visits. Not a lot of guys are going to be willing to just shut it down and just like, you know, when they haven't been able to see schools or some of them probably not even leave their hometowns or anything like that for such a, like over a year, really, you know, just throughout this whole pandemic and all that. Right. So uh, I think everyone's just really just going to take their time and enjoy the process and go take these flights, go see these schools, take the photos, which has just been really, it feels like everything right now. Like it feels like right. these guys just want kind of really just enjoy the photos and all that stuff. So um yeah, man, I, that's that's why I wouldn't be too concerned about it. I think Miami's putting themselves in in prime position for a lot of these guys. I agree, and I I understand the concern, you know, from the fan base uh, somewhat because, you know, this is a slow start, you know, typical from a typical Miami uh, recruiting cycle. But I will note this, you know, I, I think 
when, when you're a fan of recruiting, right, you typically only follow your school that you care about. Uh, but, but I do think, you know, you look at most programs around the country and most schools are kind of taking it slow as well. Um, and I think there's far less players committed around the country than in previous cycles at this same stage. Um, so in general, just recruiting's kind of going slower around the country as things are just now opening up. And I also note too, you, you touched on this, Gabby, but I think the thing to focus on is how Miami is trending for their top targets. And you look at how, you know, it seems like they're trending well for guys like cornerback Kamari Rogers, uh, Chris Graves, five-star Shamar Stewart, uh, Nigel Lee Kelly, Jacoby Spells, Jaden Gibson, Wesley Besaint. I mean, these are all kind of their top targets at, at those positions. And I think it's fair to say Miami's in a very, very good spot with those guys right now. Now you have to close, of course, and you got to get them in the boat. Uh, but, but things are trending, and I'm with you. Uh, I think if it is still looking dry at the end of July, then yes, I think it would be time for concern. But right now, I think, I think you got to understand that guys do want to take their visits and kind of uh, take their time, you know, during this month of June, which I think they're, they're owed because it's just now opening up uh, before they, they make any official decisions. Anything else to touch on here, Gabby, or should we take a break? No, let's, let's hit the break and come back with some, some seven on seven stuff, stuff from Miami's camp, uh, you know, this past Sunday, the big man camp, and we'll get right into it. All right, let's take a break. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we are back. And Gabby, there was another Manny Diaz 7-on-7 camp slash big man camp on Sunday. Plenty of top guys competed, uh, mainly young guys again with, with the 2022s kind of taking their visits around the country, as we noted previously. Uh, but, but to me, the biggest news out of the camp, uh, was a 2022 who didn't compete, but he was there on campus and that's five-star defensive end Shamar Stewart, who made his third trip to Coral Gables in the first 13 days of June. Uh, Gabby, how big is this? And it's big. Uh, it's big. Uh, you know, I, I just, when the saying in recruiting is following is follow the visits, uh, you know, I think it's a big deal that Miami has been able to, to get him on campus. You know, his, his like pace was competing in the seven on seven tournament. They actually played in the final, uh, ended up losing to Doral Academy who ended up winning it all. Probably the biggest upset ever. They were like the 10 seed heading into the playoff and they ended up like upsetting Gulliver and pace. So that was kind of wild, but yeah, just Shamar just kind of being there, 
Uh, I know he kind of disappeared into like the coach, like upstairs part where it's like the, the coach's offices and all that stuff. And I think he did a little photo shoot on Sunday. So, uh, you know, definitely a great opportunity for Miami to kind of bring him back in and all that stuff and just get some FaceTime with him. So, you know, whenever you get a five-star on campus like that, especially one that kind of appears to be trending more towards Miami than maybe we had originally anticipated in the past, um, I think it's a big deal. And again, he's fresh off an Ohio State visit, fresh off a Notre Dame visit. Like no one would have blamed him for wanting to just kind of hang out at home and just kind of take a couple of days off before he hit the road again. But so, you know, did the the future 50 again on Saturday or Friday, I believe. Yeah, Saturday. So just a really busy weekend for him. And so for him to spend the whole day Sunday at Miami after all this stuff, I think is, again, it's just kind of like a testament to kind of how like he's feeling about the program right now. Agreed. Yeah. It shows that he wants to be there. Right. Um, And I'll say this too, just observing him, uh, you know, from afar and, and the way he was interacting with UM's coaches, he definitely looked very comfortable, uh, you know, hanging out with Jess Simpson, hanging out with Todd Stroud, uh, even Eric Hickson, the running backs coach, T Rob, DVD. I mean, all of, all of Miami staffs was showing Shamar love and Shamar just looked very comfortable. Lots of laughing, um, just again, seemed very comfortable. And, you know, again, who knows where he will end up. Miami is the crystal ball leader right now, but it is hard to believe that Shamar would be more comfortable with a, another staff around the country. Right. Um, So if, if relationships are going to matter in this recruitment, which they always do, it just depends how much is that going to factor into the final decision. If that's a big deal to Shamar, Miami, I think, is is definitely in a very, very good spot. Yeah. Uh, well, w- one more thing, David, real quick on that. Like, I think I think you might have I think you might have uh, headed out at that point. But after the tournament was over, uh, Miami did like a, they gave like a, a fake trophy to because they were they were being refereed by some of the coaches, like the uh, you know the GAs, some of the you know assistant guys behind the scene, and some of the players too. And they gave away like a, a referee's trophy. And Shamar was the guy that got to decide who got it. I believe it was Danny Coulter and Kyle Cooper that were up for like the, the final referee trophy and Shamar gave the trophy to, to Coulter. So that would end out and like, there was like a little celebration there. He took a picture with the, with the Miami staffer and all that stuff. So that was a, that was a pretty cool moment. Like kind of like yeah. once everything wrapped up, that uh, was kind of, that probably kind of went unnoticed by a lot of people, but you know, that was something that I caught that I thought was really cool and just how, you know, they were celebrating with him, took, you know, took photos, all that cool stuff. And so that, that was a pretty cool moment that, you know, again, just kind of showing that relationship of uh, Shamar Stewart and, and that Miami staff, how, how deep it really runs and how like, you know, interactive he was with them. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Shamar. I mean, the interest is real. Um, it's genuine. And, and now it's just time for Miami to close and we'll see if they could pull it off. So let's move on Gabby and, and kind of, briefly discuss the guys who did actually compete at the camp. Um, and, and I'll just let you take it from here. You know, who do you want to touch on that impressed you most at the camp? Yeah, uh, I think you got to start. I mean, you got to, I think you got to start with Jalen Brown, the, you know, number two ranked wide receiver in the 2023 class. Uh, I think like this was the first time Miami really got to see him like compete in person. And it was at the point that they just kind of like, we're just brushing off the fact that he was scoring all the time. It was just like, Oh, there goes Jalen again on the post. Like there, there, there he is with another touchdown. So, uh, you know, I feel like Jalen Brown really solidified like, you know, who he, he is in the eyes of the Miami staff, just kind of showcasing like his speed 
and just like what he's able to do as a route runner and just his ability to create separation. It was super impressive. Um, you know, a couple of 2022 that I thought really impressed was DeCarlo Donaldson, the tight end out of Gulliver prep as well. Uh, you know, I, there was points that he had a ton of people from Miami watching him play uh, kind of people going like, you know, like who is this kid? Like this kid's pretty legit. Right. And, you know, right. them really just kind of taking notice of him as a pass catcher, the way he moves, uh, the way he's able to kind of get up there and go get the ball. Um, just like how sure handed he is, you know, he made like a one, like a few, like just, just grabbing the ball in the air, like one handed grabs, like in the, uh, in, like in the end zone for touchdowns, all that stuff. And just showed a lot of really impressive things. And, you know, Miami just lost a tight end target, Anthony Jones, who just went to, who just committed to Texas. So, uh, does that open the door a little bit for a guy like that? I think so. I know that, uh, Rob Likens and Steven Fields were talking to him after the camp, after like Gulliver was eliminated. And so who knows what really happens there. So I thought he was really impressive. Um, another guy that kind of stood out to me, and this probably be the last guy I named David, I'll let you go ahead and name some too, was a 2023 receiver out of Vero Beach. His name is very difficult to pronounce. It's like Vendevius or something like that, Jacobs. Not 100% sure how to say that. Um, but he picked up a Miami offer after the camp. And he was super impressive, just like the entire morning and into the afternoon. He was super, super good. He's recently got Florida State, uh, Georgia Tech, and I think Mississippi State as well. So, you know, a guy that seems to be bursting onto the scene, ridiculous 2023 wide receiver class. It just seems like every weekend uh, we're kind of highlighting and noting some more guys like that. So uh, those three were probably the most impressive to me. Yeah, and just one guy I'll highlight, I guess, is Monsignor Pace quarterback, He's 2024, so he's a rising sophomore. Uh, Adrian uh, Passe, how, how do you say his last name? I think it's Passe. Okay. Pass, one of Adrian things. Passe. Uh, he, he's an impressive-looking guy for his age. He's, he's all of 6'4", 205 pounds. Um, you know, he, he's a bit streaky, right? But, but when he does get hot, it's impressive. He can make all the throws. You know, especially for a guy his age, he, he still has to, you know, clean some things up like any young football player does. But, you know, with more reps, you know, especially at that position, the more reps you get, the better you get. So he's a guy that's in South Florida quarterback. That's probably going to be one of the top quarterbacks in that class. And that's rare. Right. We haven't seen that much lately here in South Florida in recent years. So He's a guy to, to definitely keep an eye on moving forward. Monsignor Pace quarterback, Adrian Passe. Um, let's, uh, let's also go to, at the camp, one of the things I found interesting, Gabby, was Miami uh, was working out some guys uh, on the side, private workouts, 2022 prospects. Um, let's start with... A couple cornerbacks who T-Rob and Demarcus Van Dyke were working out on the side. And that is Fort Myers Bishop for Real cornerback Chris Graves and Tampa Catholics Jaquise Alexander. Um, What do you feel like we need to know there? Yeah, I mean, I think it was very notable that Chris Graves was back. Um, I think that's a a big deal. Again, I feel a guy that we feel is trending towards Miami – uh, kind of get being able to get like that hands-on experience of working with Demarcus Van Dyke and Travars Robinson. Um, you know, he was at the cookout on June 1st, came back for an official visit the first weekend of June, and then for him to kind of make his way back to Miami the next weekend to work out. I just think, uh, again, just kind of reading the tea leaves, it just feels like uh, 
you know, Miami is sitting in a good spot there. I thought he looked really good, David. I know we got to see him in the spring game, yeah. so we kind of had an idea of what he's been able to do, but just kind of watch him move around in that setting. Like, I, I feel like it just kind of like made me just feel even better about him. Just, I, I right. feel like he looked really smooth. Um, you know, I big. thought that he, yeah, big, long, athletic. And then like, I just kept reminding myself like, man, this kid could really be a 2023. And right. then it's just like, man, how much more, how much room does this kid have to just keep improving, keep getting longer, keep getting better. And who knows how he just continues to grow and develop. Like, you know, I think he's a really, really interesting prospect, super intriguing. And just the way he looked was just really impressive to me. And then uh, Miramar safety, Darius Thomas, who we've, we've highlighted on the website here and there because he is an intriguing looking body type, kind of a longer, bigger framed guy. Um, you know, he plays safety now. Could he grow into maybe a striker possibly at the college level? I think so. Um, but it was, it was Travaris Robinson who put him through a little private workout uh, on, during the camp there. Um, our own Christopher Stock caught up with him and said, you know, he enjoyed the workout and did a little photo shoot after the workout. And he's, you know, he feels like Miami might offer here soon. Um, and, and so I want to take the conversation here on this, uh, this way, Gabby. So like, where do you stand on like Miami offering kind of these local guys like a Darius Thomas, I'll even include like a DeCarlo Donaldson, right? Um, if you were Miami, would you make a move now or would you kind of stay patient? And if you do stay patient, like what is, what does that mean? Like, would you feel comfortable waiting until uh, paradise camp end of June when you'd have kind of a better idea about how your board is looking at that stage? Or, or would you maybe even wait until August or during the season, see how they look during their senior seasons? Or would you kind of, do you feel like they're the type of talents that Miami should go all in on right now? Yeah, no, I, I, I could definitely understand waiting. Um, you know, with Darius Thomas, I feel like specifically, like I could see Miami maybe waiting, waiting it out to his senior year. I'm not sure how many like, big, like major suitors he has right now or where he's kind of at with his recruiting process. Um, so I think with him, you could play maybe more of a waiting game and see how he is at paradise, how he continues to develop into his senior year and just kind of see how that, how the board kind of shakes out there. You know, I feel like they're still in it for a few guys, uh, you know, especially if you're considering like a striker or even like a safety sort of, uh, role for him. Like, I think he might be more of a safety. I guess he could maybe be a striker depending on, you know, how that position kind of moves forward or how he kind of develops and all that. But um, so I could see Miami kind of taking it slower with him. With DeCarlo, I think it's more interesting. You know, he is a two-lane commit. Uh, right. Gulliver's quarterback, Carson Haggard, also a two-lane commit. You know, they're very, they're very, very close. And, you know, the two-lane deal is something that they're really trying to push. They got a few South Florida prospects on board already with two-lane. And, uh, you know, I don't think – like, I do think – I. I'm not just sold that just because like a power five school comes calling that he's just going to automatically like, you know, head that way. Like, Oh, I finally got something better. Um, So if, if I'm Miami, you know, I definitely maybe take a flyer on him. I definitely keep communication uh, or at least start picking up the communication, bring him to paradise, work him out, see how, maybe see how things kind of start trending with Caden Helms. I think if you feel good about where things are with Caden Helms, I think you maybe can say, okay, like, you know, just kind of let him do his thing. But, you know, if let's say Caden Helms were to end up at Oklahoma or you start feeling better about, you know, if Caden Helms maybe likes Oklahoma or North Carolina, you start get, getting that vibe. Uh, 
you know, I think the Carlo becomes a really intriguing tight end prospect. Um, you know, I've seen him do it a whole bunch of times. So I've seen him move around a ton. And I honestly believe like I've said this before on the podcast, I believe he's a power five talent all the way. And I think he'd be an intriguing, you know, type of guy for Miami, especially after signing a guy like Elijah Royo last year. Like, you know, I think that that's a big deal too, knowing that you already signed an elite tight end recently. Right. Yeah, you know, I think you can maybe roll the dice on a on a maybe a smaller guy, probably six two, uh, maybe like two fifteen ish, and uh, but a guy could, that could really get it done in the passing game. And you know, it's funny, me and Andrew saw Johnu Smith at FIU on Friday, and I mean, there's not a huge size differential between a DeCarlo Donaldson type and a, like a Johnu Smith. Not saying that he's going to become a Pro Bowl tight end, but you can kind of see how the stereotype can be broken and still like result in success. So I think it would be interesting to see Miami kind of make a move with him. I'm a big fan, and I think he could probably get it done at Miami if, you know, let's say Caden Helms were, like didn't work out or Jalil Skinner didn't work out. I'm not sure anyone's really anticipating Skinner to work out, but, uh, you know, just to kind of see what happens there. And, I mean, I wouldn't be mad about it at all. I really wouldn't be mad about it at all if DeCarlo Donaldson ended up uh, being kind of like the guy at tight end when it's all said and done. Last thing I want to touch on before we – get out of here with this podcast, Gabby. Uh, Under Armour held a future 50 camp over the weekend and a ton of big time guys were there and our national team was there providing updates. And um, I think two, two updates in particular that will interest Miami fans have to do with five-star defensive backs, Kamari Wilson and Jaheim Singletary. Uh, Kamari, I think everyone's kind of familiar with at this stage. He's a five-star safety at an IMG Academy. Uh, George is kind of viewed as the leader, uh, but he did take an uh, unofficial visit to Miami last week, uh, kind of saw things on his own there and, and had a good time, I guess, with T-Rob. And kind of a surprising update, though, was Jaheim Singletary, five-star cornerback out of the Jacksonville area, currently committed to Ohio State. Uh, but he kind of said that uh, he, he's been kind of taking secret visits to Miami this month. He, he said he, he's already been down to the Coral Gables campus and that he hopes to get back there for an official visit at some time in the fall. He said he's really only looking at Miami and Georgia uh, outside of, you know, being committed to Ohio State, I guess. And I just want to get your thoughts on kind of those two updates what what hits you with those updates in terms of like being interesting yeah i mean i thought both of those were super interesting uh i mean just kamari kind of saying that he might have enjoyed the miami visit more than any of the other visits that he took uh i think that was i think that i think that's always good news um I, again I, I still feel pretty good about georgia i think everybody in the industry feels good about where georgia stands right there so not getting my hopes up super high uh but i do think that that's definitely notable um, with Jaheim Singletary, I mean, I still remember back, I know Andrew said it on the podcast one time, like when we were back at the battle Miami tournament, like Jaheim Singletary, he went up to Andrew and was just, and was just like, you know, Hey, Miami's still like involved for me. Like I really like T-Rob and all that stuff. And like, so I'm not, I, I honestly wasn't super surprised to hear Jaheim Singletary, uh, you know, kind of still considering Miami and all that stuff. And he's a, he's kind he's another guy kind of plays things close to the vest. So um, you know, I, I think it's a big deal. I mean, again, I, I don't think Miami's afraid to go after any of these major five-star talents that they're going to have to go head-to-head with these guys. I think that they've proven that time and time again that they're going to go after the guys that they feel like they might have a shot with or that they feel good about. 
you know, where just like just the relationship that they built. So, you know, again, I'm not saying Miami's going to land either one of those guys. I would sure. probably peg it as very unlikely that Miami ends up with either of those guys. But I mean, you never know, man. And I think uh, the only way that you could potentially land those guys is by trying, you know, and going after them and getting them on campus and stuff like that. So um, I definitely appreciate and respect the work that they're putting in with those two, uh, you know, elite blue chip type of guys. Yeah, I would say, you know, this is like the T-Rob factor, right? Because yeah, both those sure. guys have a long-standing relationship with T-Rob and, you know, dating back to his time at South Carolina. I think he was on both those guys pretty early in their recruitment at South Carolina. And so that relationship has carried over to Miami and, you know, T-Rob's going to keep taking swings at them. And, you know, ultimately that's why T-Rob was brought to Miami because he can close on these type of guys. We've seen him close on these type of guys during his career, particularly at the University of Florida. And so we will see if he can pull that off at UM. And if he does, then yeah, my, I mean, his hiring is going to be a total grand slam because Miami does need to improve the talent and depth in the secondary. And you only do that through talent acquisition. So interesting updates all around. Recruiting never stops in the month of June. Uh, we will have another podcast this weekend, or sorry, this week, for the uh, next wave of official visitors this weekend. Uh, so as always, appreciate all you guys listening. Appreciate all you guys who are subscribing. Uh, we're getting a ton of subscribers here this month because Gabby's doing a great job. And uh, appreciate the conversation, Gabby, and appreciate the excellent work you're doing for the website. Absolutely, man. We're just, we're just getting started over here. So if you're not subscribed, def- definitely hop on and enjoy the show, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be great just throughout the rest of the summer and into the fall. All right. Catch you guys next time.